Let's take a moment and pray, and, and let me just uh, share this with you before we pray, because I want to talk about this one question, will you follow? And this is in reference to water baptism. Will you follow? And we're going to think about that and talk about that this morning and what that means and how that relates to each and every one of us. Let's pray. Father, I thank you uh, for the ministry of your word today. And we thank you for those that are going public with their faith in the step of water baptism. Father, this is a significant step as we are honoring you in obedience in our journey, in our walk with you. I thank you, Father, for moving to bring inspiration, to bring wisdom, and to bring understanding concerning your purpose and plan. And Father, even in this world where we're in this season where the world has been so unsettled in so many ways, Father, that you will move to bring peace and establish your kingdom in areas, Father, that needs it the most. In Jesus' name, we give you praise and glory and honor. Amen. You know, when you think about the world, uh, it's, it's almost depressing to turn on the news uh, because we've been living, the last two years have been a years of extreme trauma for the world. There's been death, there's been political division, uh, there's been um, economic uh, inconsistencies, supply chain issues, uh, rising inflation, High employment uh, turnover, uh, the war in the Ukraine, and just so many things are happening, it seems all at once. But yet God is still on the throne because nothing takes him by surprise. And I think we need to make sure we keep our focus on Jesus because the scripture says, looking unto Jesus, who's the author, the initiator, and the finisher of our faith. We're on a journey with God. And I believe we keep our eyes on Jesus, not that we are blinded to what's happening in the world, but we have a different perspective because our perspective is kingdom-minded. We need to live with a consciousness of him and with a greater awareness of him more than the awareness of other things around us. And when we do, then we'll be able to minister to those who are being negatively affected by this world, because we can bring God's presence to them. We can bring Jesus to them to make a difference in their life. And so uh, I want to talk about this invitation to follow, because the question is, will you follow? Well, the scripture gives us invitations to follow. And the one I want to direct you to, we see in, in Mark chapter 1, we see where uh, the context of this particular passage is where Peter uh, and his brother Andrew were fishing, and, and Jesus shows up on the shore, and he tells them to cast the net on the other side because they were fishing all night and caught nothing. And they obeyed Jesus' instruction, and they caught this big catch of fish. And they realized, okay, this guy isn't your normal dude, okay? This guy has some significant authority. We've never experienced this in all of our fishing careers, so uh, we need to listen to this guy. And so in verse 17, Jesus said this to them, follow me, two words, follow me. And he said, I'll make you become fishers of men. See, they were fishermen, but they were not fishing men. And Jesus threw this out there at them, 
follow me. And we want to focus on the follow me aspect of this. Jesus' message essentially was not, uh, actually, I, I need to share this before I, 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 I go on to the next thing. I find it interesting that follow me was the very first and the last thing Jesus spoke to Peter. Because in John 21, 22, after Jesus was raised from the dead and before he was ascended into heaven and he met with his disciples, one of the last things he said to Peter, don't be concerned about John. Don't be concerned about these other disciples. You follow me. And that was the first encounter he had with Jesus. Follow me. And, and so I think that's significant. I just noticed that in the scriptures as I was studying and preparing for this message. So follow me is a powerful invitation that comes from Jesus. Now un understand that there's a cost to follow Jesus. There's a cost. Even though salvation is free, the gift of eternal life is free, there's a cost to follow him. It, it costs you to sacrifice selfishness. It costs you to deny yourself of what you want to give God what he wants, okay? And, and so I want you to turn to Luke chapter 9. We're going to look at this briefly, and then we're going to give some instruction on water baptism, and then we're going to, uh, some of them are going to take the plunge today. And all right, so Luke chapter 9, verse 57 and 58, we'll look at those two verses first. So, so and they were, they were with Jesus. They were hanging out with Jesus, walking down the road. You need to get a picture of that. And as they were going along the road, Someone said to him, it doesn't say who this someone was, but this someone could be you, okay? So think about it in that perspective. Someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And they said that to Jesus. Now, maybe we've said that, Lord, Jesus, I'm going to follow you wherever you go. And then verse 58, Jesus' response maybe wasn't what this guy was expecting, but he said, foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Now, Jesus basically is saying, are you really sure you want to follow me? Because you don't really even know where I'm going. So why would you want to follow me? And it's interesting that he referenced, uh, uh, I have no place to lay my head. I had a thought when I was preparing this message, was that because in the very beginning at his birth, there was no room for him in the inn? There was no place for Jesus in the inn, so there's no place for him to lay his head? Maybe that was a, a statement reflecting that in his very beginning when he was born into this world. But nevertheless, he was saying, okay, are you really sure you want to follow me? He challenged that guy. And so someone said, I will follow you. And Jesus wasn't impressed with that statement. Why? Because this man wasn't counting the cost. Because it meant that he may not have a place to sleep, there may be no room for him in the inn, and there may be other challenges. Uh, and again, because Jesus was used to that. Let's read on to verses, in chapter 9, verses 59 and 60, because Jesus uh, is continuing here, and then to another he said, okay, after this guy says, I'm going to follow you, he turns to someone else, and he invites them to follow him. 
So it kind of turns a little bit. So verse 59 says, To another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Leave leave the dead to bury their own dead, but as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Now realize this, upon an invitation from Jesus, it actually seemed that this person has a very good reason or excuse to take care of some other matters before he responded to this invitation. Um, But the real matter is, he wasn't serious about that. Because why would he be out and about when he should have been tending to his family needs and, and burying his, his dead father. So we think about this. That was an excuse. Oh, i got to take care of this. I have to do this first. And then I'll, I'll accept this invitation. But it's understanding that the invitation is there to immediately respond to and not make any excuse. In fact, um, the next one we see here is in... Luke 9, 61 and 62. And it reads, Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord. But let me first say farewell to those at my home. I need to say my goodbyes. If I'm going to follow you, I need to say my goodbyes. Verse 62, it goes on to say, Jesus said to them, No one puts his hand to the plow and looks back. It's fit for the kingdom of God. See, Jesus knew if he would have gone to say goodbye to his family at home, they would have talked him out of the decision to follow Jesus. Jesus knew that. Uh, So Jesus didn't accept that as an excuse either. See, let me make this statement. If you're taking notes, you can write it down. When you receive an invitation to follow Jesus, this needs to be a decision of no regret, no turning back. And for those of you that are being water baptized today, this is a decision of no regret, no turning back. You have decided to follow Jesus. And and you're not going to have regrets. Oh, I wish I wouldn't have made that decision to be water baptized. I wish I wouldn't have made that decision to follow Jesus. If you're serious about it, there will be no regrets, only rejoicing and thanksgiving and blessing. Now at Refuge... We believe in marking and celebrating certain spiritual milestones in people's lives. In fact, those who've decided to follow Jesus Christ, that's a milestone. And in fact, the most significant milestone that anyone can make is to make a personal commitment of their life to Jesus Christ, to surrender to his lordship and receive him as their Lord and Savior and to be born again. That is the most significant, which allows them to begin a new life, a new journey with Jesus Christ. And now baptism is actually also a way of marking this very important decision that sets you apart from your past, in fact, from negative worldly influences that once controlled your life. See, it's different. Kingdom living is different from living in this world system. Uh, The ungodliness around us is attempting to corrupt the purity of what God's called us to in living in his kingdom. So at at this point that uh, you be informed about the biblical meaning of baptism uh, and celebrate baptism as an expression of, of a spiritual change in someone's life. 
and what has happened in your life. So I want to share with you three important things we need to know about water baptism. First of all, number one, it's an act of obedience. Now, if we accept his invitation to follow him, it's an act of obedience. We follow through. Water baptism is a next step for following Jesus Christ. And in Matthew 28, 19 and 20, we see where Jesus commanded his followers to be baptized. And because Jesus commanded it, he also set the example and was baptized himself. We see that in scripture as well. But Matthew 28, 19 uh, states, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. See, as, as people follow the Lord in water baptism, they are following through the steps of discipleship that actually lead to further obedience and, and growth in your walk and journey with God. In fact, if we fail to observe this command, we really are hindering the progress of God in our life. And, and so that's why we just do it because it's what we've been instructed to do in his word. In Acts 2.38, we see uh, on the day of Pentecost uh, where Peter said to them, and, and he's speaking concerning this, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so according to this verse, we can anticipate the Holy Spirit to move, to descend upon us as did with Jesus when he was baptized. Peter is speaking in reference to the Spirit of God having a greater impact upon our lives. So the second thing that we need to know about water baptism is that it's a public declaration. It's an initial testimony of our faith in Jesus Christ. In water baptism, the believer is immersed in water as a testimony of his newfound faith and obedience to God. In Matthew 10, 32, the scripture tells us, everyone who acknowledges me publicly on earth, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. That's the New Living Translation. The New King James Version says, whoever confesses me before men. So this is a public confession or public acknowledgement of Jesus Christ that he's your Lord and Savior. So it's so important for a new believer to go public with their faith. Um, many times uh, people remain private with their faith and they never fulfill God's plan for their life. It, it's not just a private manner. It needs to be demonstrated and expressed in your life. Uh, your profession of faith is going to be declared today for those that are being water baptized that Jesus Christ is Lord. Number three, it's a physical sermon of your new life as a devoted follower of Christ. We see in Romans chapter 6, verses 3 and 4, it says, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ, Jesus, were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, we will walk in newness of life, that we might too walk in newness of life. So it's, it's a physical sermon demonstrating what God's done that we were put to death in the old way of living and were raised up in newness of life. Colossians 2 verse 12 also addresses that in a similar fashion. Colossians 2.12 in the New Living Translation says, for you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. It's talking about a death to the old way of living. It goes on to say, and with him you were raised to new life 
because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. So that's, that's a beautiful illustration to see the old dying and the new life arising and coming. So through submersion in baptism, we symbolically speak of the death, the burial, and the resurrection. The death to our old way of living, to our old life, and rising up out of the water to a new way of living. According to 2 Corinthians 5.17, says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things pass away, all things become new. So I want to extend an invitation at this time, and, and this invitation is for anyone that may not have placed their faith in Jesus Christ, um, and maybe you don't really know him, maybe you have at one time, you've strayed from him, but know that God is wanting to encounter you in a, in a very meaningful way. And there's those that are listening online, maybe you've never made a meaningful commitment to Jesus, but this is an opportunity to present that to you, that simple statement, will you follow? Will you follow Jesus? Um, it's important. In fact, I, I need to say this. It's, it's not more important for me to get people to love God than for me to help people to understand that God loves them. Does that make sense? Because I can be up here, I can say, you need to love God. And yes, we do. But the scripture tells us in 1 John 4.19 that we love him because he first loved us. And so maybe you've never encountered God's love in your life. And as, as you commit your life to him, as you surrender to him, you can encounter and experience his love. Um, Jesus said, follow me. In Luke 9.23, the scripture says, and he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So follow me. We follow Jesus' example of obedience. He led by example. But would you be willing to follow Jesus, making a decision to commit your life to him? I want you just to take a moment and bow your heads and close your eyes. And as you're sitting out there, I want to pose this question. Maybe you're in a place where you don't really know that your life is right with God. And the invitation is being extended even in this moment. Will you follow? Will you follow Jesus? Are you willing to allow him to do something significant in your life. When you come to a place of surrender, the scripture tells us in Romans 10, if we believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, that we would be saved. For with the heart man believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. With every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around right now, would you be willing to say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I know my life is not right with God and I'm willing in this moment to surrender to him. If that's you, slip your hand up. Thank you. 
These others, just hold your hand up so I can see it. All right. Thank you. Let's pray this prayer together. You can remain in your seat and, and just repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, today I put my trust in you. I accept the invitation to follow you. Forgive me of my sins. I believe you were raised from the dead to give me life. I confess you as my Lord and Savior. I repent of my sin. Help me begin a journey with you. In Jesus' name. God is moving by his spirit right now. As we prepare for an open heaven, I believe that God is going to move by His Spirit upon those that are being water baptized. And maybe if you just prayed that prayer, God, I believe, is moving in your heart to reveal Himself, to break strongholds, to, to bring peace and freedom and liberty.